Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 49 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. Happy 2016 to all of our listeners. Sean, we are five days ill. First of all, first things first, Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by the beautiful Sean Sheehan. The Christmas cobwebs are just about clearing up now, Sean. I'm getting my introductions back to normal. A little bit all over the place there, the first 10 seconds. I think we've pulled it through. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to start again, like? uh, I'd rather not. Okay, we we'll keep going. Sure, it's a new year and new no year new me. having a new start. Like exactly, yeah, exactly. like uh, come on, get with it here. You have thrown me off a little bit here, though. I'm scrambling. I want to ask how your new year's going. It was all, it's all right now. I can't, like I can't complain. You know, Christmas is good now. If I, we I'm, can, yeah, yeah, that's that's elongating that. The man, people have been crying out for it. I've had yeah. people come up to me in the streets. Andrew, what's the story? No podcast over Christmas. Talk about real cold turkey. You know, not just talking about Christmas dinner a few days later. I said, lads, the prima donna himself, Sean Sheehan, felt he was overworked. He needed the time off. He needed the Christmas period. What do you have to say to those people, Sean? That UFC night one ninety four nearly killed me. Let's be honest. We shot the four, the three of you lads over the four of you, or whatever, over in uh, Las Vegas, swanning. Swanning, swanning around the place, going to Hooters, eating wings and stuff. And Sean here, and he breaking his ass, putting up embeddeds, doing about eight hundred articles. You know, I needed, I needed a break. Like, let's be honest, a well deserved break, burnout. But I feel it came like last week about. About last Friday, I was like, oh, I'd love to do the podcast now. Like, you kind of miss it too, don't you? It's like Stockholm Syndrome or something. Yeah, it's like you absolutely hate it, but you have to keep doing it. Uh, no, it's I like heroin. I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it. What? Like, That's not what you I, said to me off air two minutes ago. No, nah, I never said that. That's total nice. <laughs> bullshit. But you get anything nice for Christmas anyway? Um, I got very little for Christmas. I uh, I didn't want a lot. Um, Shit growing up, isn't my, it? Well, my mum and dad had me with Vegas that time, so I yeah. expected nothing else off them, and I asked for nothing else, but... Um, I got a couple of, I got a new watch, nice. um, a couple of little bits of training gear, and a flight to uh, Lisbon at the end of this oh, month. Oh, you didn't get much, you fucking prick. No, well, no, the flight, it was a Ryanair <laughs> flight. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, when I say, I don't mean that in a, like, yeah, now you've made me sound like a dickhead. Yeah, you are a dickhead, like, no, I no, ro- correctly made you sound like a dickhead. No, no, Mc- no that's unfair. No, that's true, McGregor, McGregor Goat, your man on Twitter will be on to you now after this. Oh, no, it? he was on to me today already, he said Brett. only betas need alarm clocks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that man is honestly my favourite Twitter account. Me like, too, I love him so much. Everything that I put up on Twitter, just I get called a beta by this man. And <laughs> obviously, he can't recognise a real alpha male when he hears one. I got him on my side there about three or four months ago. He was abusing me just as bad I, as he was I think he's you, on our him. side in general, to be honest. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, only, he's only been a crack guy. But yeah, I got a, I got a sweet severe makeup. I podcast. saw it. Sweet. And, and there's one uh, for you as well, actually. I yeah. hear there's one for me as well. When am yeah. I gonna can I get it? Maybe it, uh, well, you're boycotting Bama. Oh no, oh, sorry, you're not boycotting Bama. You're boycotting live MMA. Yeah, I don't like live MMA. It's better watch it at home. Like. So you but can I'm, listen to the expert analysis of Joe Rogan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like I like the kind of the camaraderie of it and the, everything, but. The, the actual watching the fights, you're better off watching them at home, to be honest. Yeah, being comfortable. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I did not have uh, the most comfort in order to watch Joseph Duffy last week. Uh, I was at work, so standing in front of where the glasses are, if we're picking up glasses, if someone wants a drink, 
obvious enough because that's what glasses are used for behind the bar. Um, I had taken two, so they're stacked in threes. Can you visualize half pint stacked in threes? I'm sorking a bar. Go on, yeah, I can remember. Excellent. So I take two out from a middle row. Yeah. Put my phone on it, balancing. Oh no, sorry. Take a full row out. Oh. Put a bar mat on top of it. You know, like uh, that you yeah. do shots on. Yeah. Uh, stuck my phone in between the rubbery bits and let it lean back onto the glasses behind it. Perfect. So we had a little screen that was under the counter that no managers or management could see, and the three. Although it did look inconspicuous, the three of us standing right next to each other at one corner of the bar, and the other side of the bar completely empty. Two floor staff leaning in behind, <coughs> uh, looking underneath as well. So I think I was benefited not hearing Joe uh, Joe Rogan's commentary. Oh well, there was. Was he okay in that fight? He was grand. It wasn't kind of an easy fight to commentate on, like so. I am um, before we get on to the fight discussion. I have a uh, this day in history for you. I Go saw on. it on uh, on Facebook. That I figured you would like it. What happened this day ten years ago? Two thousand and six, fifth of January. Um, I don't know. Tell me. Nemanja Vidic work permit was granted, oh, allowing Man you're, United you're, to sign the Serbian. You're depressing me now. Oh God! I like Man the United glory days. Like I, I gone full chin at O'Connor with Man United. Like, oh god, it's so bad. What? Oh Jesus! The United gone so shit. Like, can just... we just take a minute to appreciate the fact that I played uh, the Foggy Jew slash Notorious, a Super M um, Patrick Timmons Ward production, DJ. New Year's Eve in the nightclub. Sweet. When I was DJing, it went down a hit. Had to be done. Like. Also, had uh, this lad come up to me and ask. Uh, I was expecting to ask for Taylor Swift. He had a note written on his phone saying, severe MMA question mark, is Makwan Amerkani really joining SPG Ireland? Yeah, someone else asked that as well. Yeah, because he, he was, was meant to be there. So, I don't know no what's idea. going on. Did you see, actually, this is MMA talk as well. Did you see Jose Aldo was uh, included in the Forbes 30 for yes. 30? That's, we- that's weird, isn't it's it? It's a bit like? of an odd, like he's the o- yeah. only MMA fighter in it. Yeah. T- uh, one of the top 30 most influential but Sherlock he couldn't last 13 seconds yeah <laughs> get onto his Instagram and comment that <laughs> oh my yeah, but it's weird God. like there's someone like McGregor or Jones or Rousey or you know there's other it's weird it's a weird one isn't it like I know, I'm not taking anything away from Jose Aldo like he's a great fighter and all but I read the article and it's like Oh, this is about charisma as well as skill and like money making ability and stuff. And like, okay, Jose Aldo has the skill, but he doesn't really have the other two things. It's an odd one. Like, it's it's one like you just didn't expect. Like, Jose Aldo isn't the sort of guy you think is going to be on, you know, Farms 30 for 30. He's a great fighter and all. But I think it might have been chosen when they looked, oh, we need a UFC fighter. Let's look at the pound for pound rankings like six weeks ago. And they saw, oh, Jose Aldo's there. Let's pick him. Maybe, like, they were, maybe they were gearing up to include Ronda Rousey. Maybe, yeah. So what happened, and then they're like, oh, we need to scramble big time. <laughs> but like, even now, I'm just, I'm looking at, at Aldo's Instagram now, so he posted it. And I just want to see how long it'll take me before I have to find a comment of um, of an Irish fella. Enjoy the knockout loss, loser, you're a joke, you got embarrassed mm. in front of the whole world. Grant199, you're a dickhead. <laughs> Well, do you know what you hate? You're always on about this, the Dustin Poirier as well. But here's a good one. Do you see? Um, is your Paddy butt Holm? still sore from December twelfth? <laughs> shamrock emoji. Shamrock emoji. <laughs> did you see Holly Holm yesterday on, on the uh, the MMA? Or she said after you know the the Q and A where all the Irish lads were like abusing yeah. her and all. She was like, this group of Irish guys came up there. 
and like asked her was she okay and apologized for everything and like she was like real sober guys and like all nice guys and I asked her was she okay so that was nice so wait for was, every she, decade, was she annoyed at it no, she wasn't annoyed at it, but yeah, the guys didn't thought she might have been and just yeah. asked her if she okay and things. That, so that's, um, that's nice. That that day when we came home and I was doing uh, Matt Cooper, your man, some woman, who, I just was listening to it as I was coming down the road and some woman was talking, like they played the Holly Home clip and she was like, oh, it was so embarrassing. The Irish were complete embarrassment. Holly Home was disgusted. She was mortified, blah, blah, blah. That was the first thing I said when I went on. I was like, uh, look, just to clarify, that woman's talking complete pony. Yeah. She, uh, I didn't like it either. Uh, well, no, the, like the, the I, I mean, funny, I mean, in the sense that she was going on that home, like hated the Irish. Oh well, yeah, that's like Holly Home yeah, put didn't. it up on her Facebook that she was looking for the video of the guy singing at her, yeah. so she could post it herself. So I don't know. Um, aside from that, this weekend's uh, this weekend's card UFC one nine five. Don't want to go down the cliches of oh, fight of the year already, knockout of the year, submission of the year, card of the year, and we're only. A couple of days into 2016 when it happened, but um, where where do you lie on the whole thing? Where do you lie on the card in general? A great way to kick off the year, in my opinion. Crowd was dead. Pretty much no one in the MGM. Uh, I would expect a lot of tickets were comped. Yeah, it was it was a really good card, like from from start to finish. Maybe. Um, you, sorry, I, I meant to elongate on that. Do you think that there was a hangover from UFC 194? There's bound to be, and there's a hangover from the New Year's as well. To see Joe Rogan said it, like, even at the weigh-ins, like, people were still hungover from from the <laughs> New Year's. and it, It's bound to happen. Um, last year was a bit different because, you know, you had kind of a bad, what was it, 2014? And then we went into 2015, we had, you know, we had that bumper start of the year with Jones, Cormier, uh, Diaz against uh, Anderson, a couple more like that, I think. Did Hector Lambert have a big fight and stuff? Like that? Yeah. But this year it's kind of we just had the big fights. I know there's a couple of good ones coming up like uh, Dillashaw and Cruz and stuff. But you know this that was kind of a culmination the whole McGregor thing. And then you know we kind of brought it on for Dos Anjos and Cerrone because we we kind of we were expecting it. But then it was kind of a rest. You know, I mean, a couple of weeks off and then it was coming back for this. And I, I know what you mean, but. It was a good wake up. Like I think, I, I think I was ready for it when it happened. Like the first three fights were very good, and we we'll obviously we'll talk more about Pori and Duffy later on. Um, there was a bit of a lull in the middle. Of those three fights before the Mick McDonald fight weren't great, um, and then the 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 uh, main card was all very good. But I suppose the main talking point is the the uh, main event between Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler. Outrage! OMG! Judges are despicable human <laughs> beings! I'm, I'm oh. assuming so you, you scored it for Condit, did you? Um, yeah, to be honest, watching it live, I I thought, yeah, this is... Condit is doing enough to take it. Now, I, I know I'm going to say some things here that you're going to agree with, but people that talk about how Condit outstruck him so significantly need to crawl and put their opinions away into whatever hole they came out of. I don't think that should be a massive factor at all. The the rounds that Condit got the biggest margins, I think, that added up his tally in terms of strikes were the rounds that he won. Okay? He also, didn't I see the gif, I think you retweeted it, that yeah. Condit outstruck Lawler 17-10 to 10 in the second round, but three of those shots from Robbie Lawler were... Jaw-shattering, jaw head-shaking shots that dropped Condit and put him down. So how can anyone hide behind a stat and say 
Condit won that round, bro. He outstruck him when he got knocked to the point of unconsciousness. Let me read you just a small paragraph here from the uh, from the the rules of MMA. What are they called? The, the unified rules. Um, effective aggression will be weighed more heavily than cage slash ring control. Effective striking is judged by determining the impact of legal strikes landed by a contestant and the number of such legal strikes. Heavier strikes that have visible impact on the opponent will be given more weight than the number of strikes landed. These assessments include causing an opponent to appear stunned from a legal blow, causing an opponent to stagger, appearance of a quarter bruise from a legal strike, and causing the opponent to show pain. Cumulative impact on a fighter will also be weighed. If neither fighter shows an advantage in the impact of strikes, the number of strikes will determine the most effective striker. Okay, so if if you have pillow... if Pretty much if both guys are fighting with 32-ounce gloves, then we will go by the volume of whoever lands the most strikes. Yeah, uh, like that kind of opened my eyes as well to reading that because even though I still think Condit won, I think it was a closer fight because of that. You know, when you take that interpretation of the rule into, into yeah, play. And, and that is the rule. Like, I think I've done it, and I was talking to Patrick Wyman in privately actually about it as well. And like, it, I think a lot of people do it, I've definitely done it. He, he said he does as well, like, take volume. You know, into account too much. The volume isn't the most important thing, actually, if you go by the unified rules, which we are going by. Um, it's actually power strikes, and <clears throat> I know damage is is kind of a a word that's argued over so 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 much because people take damages. Oh, you have a cut in your face, you have a red face, and, but no, that's not what that damage is. Landing hard strikes, and okay, damage is not the word to use because that's not the word in it, but. That's kind of what it is. Violence like. is also the word you can't <laughs> use, Sean. I don't I, like. I like to use the word violence when it's a violent fight, but I don't like to use the word violence. Like, like that fight on Saturday wasn't a violent fight. Like I think Robbie Lawler against Rory McDonald was a violent fight. But anyway, that's that's off topic. Um, just on the fight, right? Okay, we we all agree. I think the first, second, fourth, and fifth. We we all know who won them. Um, and the, the fifth as well, I don't think it was a 10-8 at all. People, Some people were saying it could have been. I watched it back again and, uh, you know, Condit won three minutes of that round. So yeah, I don't exactly. think you can give that a 10-8. Uh, on, the third round, on the third round, just um, just finally, um, <clears throat> I, I scored it for Condit on first watch, which is obviously the most important watch because that's all the judges get. Um, but watching it back again, it was even close. I said it was close the first time, but watching it back was even closer. I think Condit won it because he, okay, he had the more volume, but when Lawler attacked him with those big power strikes, which he did land, maybe three flurries in, in the round, Condit answered him back every time. One of the flurries ended with Condit landing a big knee, huge knee to the to the head, which in my opinion was the biggest strike of the whole round. So I th- like I think you have to favor that for Condit. The second one, Lawler won, and the third one, Lawler was put him up against the fence, and it looked like oh this is kind of Lawler's time to strike. And then Condit came back and hit him with two lovely, powerful right hands off of the back foot when he his back against the cage. So that that's pretty much even for me, and like. When it's even over those three, and then you've conned it with the volume as well, I think you have to score it for Condit. That's that's what I saw it anyway. A couple of things to pick up on, but one the one thing in particular that you said there that I'm only having a flashback to remember and thinking it during the fight is that like watching a, a fight like that where the two guys are such elite level uh, strikers. Maybe Carlos definitely technically more uh, superior of a striker, but Lawler just always seems to make his shots count. He um. 
Lawler seemed a lot more comfortable when he was able to push Condit up against the cage. I think throughout the fight, the majority of his damage and the majority of his flurries came from being able to unload uh, threes and fives, as they say, uh, while Condit was on his back foot stepping up against the cage. And it wasn't only in, it was only on a rare occasion, I think, in the fight that Condit was actually able to capitalise out of those positions. When Condit was able to uh, take control of the octagon and... I don't want to say I don't want to say use his tippy tappy style because obviously he hits hard, but you know that he would he would rather uh, land three or four strikes cleanly than one big shot. Do you get, yeah. ever get that impression from Carlos Condit? Yeah, that's that's just the way he fights. Like, and I think that's a fair enough way to fight. But I, I like I go on about range so much all the time, and this was a real fight for range. Like what Robbie Lawler is so brilliant at, and like it's hard to know how he actually does it that he gets into the range all the time. Like he, Robbie Lawler wants to fight you in the pocket, and he's the probably the best in the world at it. Definitely a welterweight anyway, but. You like if you're fighting Robbie Lawler, you don't want to fight him in the pocket, and he's so good at getting people to fight in the pocket. Like he did it to Hendricks, he did it to Rory McDonald, who's a guy who who hates that, who wants to fight at range, and he still did it to him. But he didn't do it against Carlos Condit that much. Just, I I don't think he could because whenever no. he tried to close distance, I think it was Condit set the tone early on in the fight. There was a couple of times, and I, now a lot of them did turn into forearms, but threatened with a lot of elbows in terms of like. Uh, Condit was throwing short elbows as Lawler was advancing on him and I thought that was maybe the sort of thing that would keep him away a little bit whether it's a culmination of scar tissue in Robbie Lawler's face from it being turned into a human chopping board over his last couple of fights or his career in general uh, Carlos Condit measured it very 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 well I thought in the sense of keeping Lawler at bay yeah, he threw a lot of leg kicks as well, a lot of head kicks, a lot of body kicks, you know, a, lot, a couple of teeps to the, to the body question and stuff. mark to, kicks yeah, to, to keep a uh, to keep Lawler away and like I thought it was a brilliant performance by Carlos Condit but Lawler I, I said it in my, my preview article Lawler is you know he isn't the best I don't think he's the best fighter at 140 or 170 I don't think he's you know he's I don't think he's the strongest I don't think he's the best striker I don't think he's the best grappler not the best wrestler but he's the best winner and, and, and that you know that All is indispensable is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> he does though he really does it's unbelievable look that fifth round was unbelievable. The, uh, how he has the cardio to keep going for that much. You saw Carlos Grant, he was absolutely knackered and and uh, Lawler kept going. And uh, like I thought it was just a brilliant fight. And, yeah. What, uh, what about Robbie the two Lawler. men side by side afterwards? Hands Amazing. up on the cage. All like brilliant. That's brilliant. what it's all about. Yeah. And shout out as well to um, Esther Lynn. She had a brilliant picture of the two of them with their hands. I, I think it was Robbie holding Carlos's hands up. The two of them with their hands up in the, in the octagon after just it's one of those fights that makes you love the sport. Like that was a brilliant fight, and the way Carlos Condit, you know, we have to say it, the way Carlos Condit reacted afterwards oh. with such humility and I fucking for, love that. For a man that. who was it. probably concussed, he's that's yeah. the best spoken concussed man I've ever seen in my life. Carlos Condit gives a vibe, like gives off a vibe, and to be honest, uh, shoot me down here if I'm wrong, but for him. All this talk about retirement, while I may feel it's premature, why I would love to see Carlos Condit fight again, I do think he could become the champion of that division. I think he would almost rather, the person that he is, the way that he talks, he would nearly rather go out like that. I, yeah. I, I could see him being okay finishing his career on a fight that a lot of people arguably think he became the champion that night, that he was the better man on the night. You saw him speak in the Embedded series about when someone folds clothes, they're folding it and sending energy and love. He has that sort of, 
I don't want to call him a Buddhist because he's a killer, but he's a very centered. He's the, he, he'd be the type of fella that if he committed a serial killing offence, you would like to hear his testimony in court because you know that it's going to be something deep and crazy. And I think Carlos Condit is okay going. Like fair enough, he's probably pissed off. I could be completely wrong, but when the dust settles, when his reaction. Uh, when he goes maybe to look back and make a decision, I could see him being okay with that being his last fight. It was the perfect fight that embodied Carlos Condit as a person, as a fighter, as the athlete that we've come to know over the years in the UFC and WEC. Okay, the question is now, do you think do you think he there should be a rematch and do you think there will be a rematch? Um I only think there should be rematches and those like those situations, a rematch would be great if Condit had to just squeak the decision. And when I say squeak the decision, like people, uh, I know it was around online, but in case people didn't know, all three judges scored the fight the same bar the third round. Two judges give uh, Lawler the third round, one judge give Condit the third round. It wasn't like there was any mad scores, like a 49-46 in there. Yeah. Um, it was 48-47 all across the board. So I do think to that element, you could say, okay, there's a rematch, uh, rematch possibility, but... Who really jumps out? Do you know? Maybe yeah, we have to exactly, wait and yeah. we have to wait and watch how this division takes shape over the next couple of months. I content like first of all, Robbie Lawler probably shouldn't have been fighting so soon after that fight in July he had with Rory McDonald. The man must be made of some sort of steel. There's another fight that he's taking a bit of damage in. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Damian Maya's looking for a title shot. You probably think Wonderboy should have got it ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, which he obviously should have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think I would love to see them fight again at UFC 200. Yeah. Only because um, I will be there. <laughs> look, the thing about this is uh, the welterweight division at the moment is shit. It, no, it's not shit. It's really good, but there's too many good guys. That's the problem. And guys have lost each other. Like Tyron Woodley is, uh, say, Rory McDonald's number one guy in the world, then Tyron Woodley's number two. I don't think Tyron Woodley deserves it, like, to, to be honest. No, and I think it would be a, another just, like, I think Lawler would beat him. I think Lawler would yeah, roast him. And easily, yeah, I do as well. For Robbie um, Lawler, in, sorry, just one thing on that. For Robbie Lawler and his style, I want to see compelling fights of guys that's going to bring out the best of Robbie Lawler. The guy that's going to punch Robbie Lawler two or three times in the face, make Robbie Lawler do the Hulk things with his arms and shoulders, and then bite on his gum shield and come back and try to take the guy's head off. I think if Wonderboy beats Hendricks... I think then he deserves it. Uh, but if that, if Hendricks wins, I think you, you make the Condit rematch, to be honest. Just keep Johnny Hendricks away from the title. Yeah, I, like, I don't want to see that fight again for a while anyway. And, you know, he's problems making weight and stuff. I know. I Damien Maya, maybe. Outside but, shout. I'd, I'd love to see Damien Maya against Tyron Woodley. Just make that fight. That's the fight to be made. Like, that's the genuine number one contender fight. So make that fight and let them fight, fight the winner, whoever it is. Um... But yeah, I, I'd like to see the rematch, and I was—I'm <clears throat> not the big biggest fan of rematches. I spoke about it here before, but in the division at the moment, I think that's—I think it's the right thing to do. Um, <clears throat> look, but on the damage thing as well. Obviously, it was a—it was a tough fight and stuff. But I don't think Condit said he'd have broken though. Okay, that's a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or um, whatever. I don't know, whatever else. But he should be okay to come back. I don't think there was any real serious um, injuries for either of them. I don't think either of them really concussed. And all 
the bottom kind of got knocked down and stuff. But I don't think there was big concussions or anything, so I'd say they, they should be okay. Um, just last thing before we get off this fight, I know you touched on it earlier, but I have to I have to mention it. The the, the stats, the striking stats oh, for each one. Everybody, everybody, take this. Let's see, it's 23 minutes into recording. Take the next six minutes to go make yourself a cup of tea and Sean will just be finishing off now on this rant. <laughs> no, I, I keep it, I keep it close. But before, you, before you go on that rant, can we just what? take a minute to appreciate the standard, the level, how exciting welterweight has it? Because my shit comment was a throwaway joke. Since yeah. George St. Pierre has left. And that's another guy as well, yeah, he could come back and He could, and who knows, yeah. but since George St. Pierre has left, all of these welterweight title fights have been... Like I don't want to say better than the next, but definitely yeah. like seven, seven out of tens and above. Yeah, they've all they've all been brilliant. Okay, here you go. My <sighs> my stats, stats are fucking ridiculous. They're stupid. If you like, especially total fight stats. Total fight stats are. You, please never ever say total fight stats. Never even look at them. If you see them, just like delete it. Mute the person on Twitter who tweets total fight stats. They are absolutely pointless. This is a 10 point must scoring system we're using. And I, we, we'll talk about the scoring system in a bit, but oh, it, it's pointless. You're scoring a fight, right? Say, um, say Andrew McGahan fights Sean Sheehan right now. Yeah. Sean Sheehan comes out 200. I land 200 strikes and you land 100 strikes, right? Say, oh, Sean won the fight. He Sean won the fight. He, it struck me more than double. Fair yeah, play. Sean, Congratulations. Sean, Sean landed 199 of those strikes in the first round. Andrew landed none. And then Andrew landed <laughs> 50 strikes in the second round, 50 strikes in the third round. And Andrew won two rounds to one. So th- what are your total strikes then? They're useless. This, yes. Or Andrew, Andrew landed, you know, Andrew landed a couple of takedowns, and Sean hit him from the bottom with a couple of pitter patter strikes. Or he landed coming down, and you kept taking me down three or four times in the round, and you landed big elbows, and all I was landing was little jabs to your body and little leg kicks and stuff. Like it's it's, Tell it's me absolutely this. pointless. You sound like a maths. Te- no, do you know what? You don't sound like a maths teacher. You sound like the smart ass kid in school who questioned the maths teacher. And it was like, if you have four bars of chocolate and we have nine bars of chocolate, how many do we have together? And it's like, what if I ate one of them? <laughs> do you know, like Tommy Tiernan know. the other night on the, uh, the scene with Ashing Daily? Yeah, it was actually funny. It was actually it was quite good. Yeah. But I, on that episode, he said something like, if you have one bowl of cornflakes and another bowl of cornflakes, how many bowls of cornflakes have you got? It's two. What if I take the cornflakes from one bowl and put it into my other bowl of cornflakes? Then I only have one. And I was just <laughs> that that it just reminded me of the whole of you going on on Twitter about the strikes situation the other I night. Yeah, it. it's so bad. It's just I have a degree in maths, like here. So there you go. I'm meant to be talking about it, like, but you have a degree yeah. in maths. I do. Yeah, maths and economics. No way. Yeah, there you go. The um, I'm trying to think of an expression I know from economics. Point of diminishing returns. Yeah, is that one of them? Yeah, it is. The yeah. law of equimarginal something or other. Oh, yeah. Did you do economics for even sir? Yeah. What you get? D three. Ah, oh, here. It's in the, honors. Oh yeah, honors. Uh, Worse, gotta... like I had an unreal teacher in fifth year, and then he went away on a career break and went to Japan, like for or something uh, like Berlin. What a, what a selfish prick. Yeah. I got a I got a B one. I think I nearly got an A. It's the it's the subject for boring people. So I'm grand that I failed. It's it. the easiest subject. Um, it's um, not really though. It music is. Music is the easiest subject. I I didn't do music side. Fifty percent practical for playing four pre, four pieces. No problem. Nice. Let me dabble the ivory, tinkle the ivories. 
before we get on to the the uh, Justice Duffy party, I was going to say come in. And, all right. <laughs> what do you think of the whole judging situation? Do you, and the ten by month system. Do you, right. Like, go on. I don't know who I had this conversation with, and I think it could have been Pizzi over in Vegas, but for MMA in particular, I think a half point system would be game changing. Um, I think I don't want to just. I didn't. I didn't mean to just throw. I thought uh, you got disconnected there. I didn't mean to just throw that out as a. That's my thought on it. But the prospect of rounds being able to be like we don't see enough ten eights as it yeah, is. That's that's the point. I think. I think you might be correct. Or but do I you, think. Do you think you, we should keep it what it is? But judges should give more ten eights. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. complete whitewashes should be ten sevens. Yeah. Or do we think a ten to an eight point five is enough? I think it's the same thing. You know, half point systems are like a half point system is pointless. Uh-huh. If you just, <laughs> it, you can just use the system we have at the moment, as you said, just give more ten eights, more ten sevens, more ten tens. A half point system is just the same thing, but just on a different scale. Like, like if you're given a nine and a half, ten at nine and a half, and ten nine, it's the same as giving a ten nine and ten eight. If you know what I mean, like it's a half point. You're winning by either way, so you might as well just give more ten nines and ten eights. It's the same thing. Like a half point system is just, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a weird one, and uh, people, people like it because I think <clears throat> it helps. We can keep the same system, but then we give half points for different things, which, which is maybe okay because, you know, you can't take away points for like low blows and eye pokes and stuff at the moment because what, taking away one point is too much. And it's a it's the limitation of the scoring system, really. Yeah, people say it's a boxing model. Well, it isn't a boxing model, really. It's a scoring model. That's what it is. And I think it's you know, show me an alternative before you 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 take away this one. I don't think it's a particularly a great one, but saying that there weren't that many bad res- results in 2015, and it really shows, um, you know, people. People get up in arms over it when there is a questionable kind of decision. And I think this isn't really even the one to get the questionable decision because in any system, this was a close fight. And you're always going to have close fights. So, you know, I don't think it's half as bad as people make out. And I don't think the judging is as bad as it used to be either. Like I did the result, the awards last year and we'll, we'll get to them later on as well. We, we all voted on them. There weren't that many bad decisions. Like I, I was talking to you and starting to pizza about it. Like we could barely think up of like three contenders, you know, to 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 vote on for the award. So like this is like, there was a couple of bad ones. There was a couple of bad ones at the weekend, but I think people kind of throw out the baby with the bad water uh, with the bad water at times with with the whole judging things. Look, the judging I don't think is as bad as it used to be. I think I think it's getting better all the time. Um, the system isn't the best, but I think anything better it would be too complicated because you there's a perfect system out there for judging and it's to weigh everything like if you see a significant strike say that's oh no 10 points and if you get a takedown that's five points and if you land uh, you know a jab that's whatever six points or whatever three points whatever but that's too complicated like you you have a way you could weigh every strike you know, every takedown, every passing attempt, every 30 seconds of control or whatever. But that's that's too complicated and you just can't do that. So I think this is the system that we're going to have for a long time. I don't think it's it's going to change. And if someone can come up with something better, fair enough. But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's out there. 
Well, I as much as I enjoyed that, I only picked up on one thing. What? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. The new Sean Sheehan idiom for 2016. Have you never heard that before? I have, but would you like to know the history of it? Go on. It is a German proverb. The earliest record of the phase is 1512 in a book that describes a woodcut illustration showing a woman tossing a baby out with wastewater. It is a common catchphrase in German with examples of its use and work by loads of those German people whose names I can't pronounce. But also... Some claim the phase originates from a time when the whole household household would share the same bathwater. Yeah. The head of the household, household, which is the Lord, would bathe first, followed by the men, then the lady, then the women, then the children, followed lastly by the baby. The She's water, the poor fucking baby. The water would be so black from the dirt that a baby could accidentally be tossed out with the bathwater. Others state there is no historical evidence that there is any connection with the practice of several family members using the same bathwater. There you go. My God. Also, if you wanted to flip it on its head, don't throw the champagne with the cork. Don't throw out the champagne with the cork. Mm. Or empty the baby out with the bath. <clears throat> yep. So, there you go. Wikipedia. Educational. Severe and educational. Is, we're actually thinking of going into... Uh, into CD-ROM collection, you know, that we just, we record a his power coming in for Patrick Wyman's territory on uh, ancient history. Na- 1512, I can tell you more about that. Do you ever listen to Hardcore History, that podcast? Uh, no. But I've it's, it's, always top, yeah. it's always toply rated. Like. It's brilliant. It's very good. It's very long, like, and it's hard to listen to him, but I hurt my back there about about a year maybe 18 months ago or something and I was like stuck in bed for like two days and I listened to like a whole like four and a half hours long I listened to the whole thing in one go and it was fucking brilliant that man anyway 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 let's go let's get let's get on to Duffy and Paria well can we just talk for a second about the co-main event oh yeah the the toppling of Andrei Arlovsky your boy something that we have those of us that are fans of Andrei Arlovsky, um, unfortunately, thought may happen one day when, in his prolonged UFC, in his UFC return, comes up against the guy that's able to accurately land on his chin and put him out to pasture once again. I'm not saying everything's over for Andrei Arlovsky, but I do think any talk of a title run second time around, now that's pretty much finished. Yeah. I, First, well, also, well, no, yeah, let's be never honest. Know because never heavyweight's heavyweight, but you put him up against someone who, like, Stipe just looked brilliant in that fight. Aside yeah. from the fact, the hilarious fact that he missed three left hands in a row, <laughs> like, just one after the other. And it's like he got so frustrated that he just threw the right instead, and that was what knocked him out. Um, uh, phenomenal performance from Stipe for all that it lasted. It's kind of cool at heavyweight that, you know, you see one shot land. And then you kind of know, oh, this fight is going to be over pretty yeah, soon. The fight's because, almost done. You know, Stipe landed one shot and like it reddened Arlovsky's face. And he was there like, oh, you could see him like saying to himself, oh, shit. And then, and then Stipe kind of plowed on it on and that was that. But I know Stipe's 33 and stuff, but that's young for the division. I think he's the kind of new blood that it needs. And <clears throat> he's one of those guys, I think, that... Yeah, the UFC criticize him and stuff for like not being uh, you know out there and stuff but I think he is like he's always on Twitter and stuff he's like he seems like sorry a really I nice got guy. excited in there lol <laughs> but he, he um he seems like a, a really nice guy and stuff Didn't he's an go- exciting fighter very talented 
Didn't he uh, use a text-based emoji recently on Twitter during the week? Did he? What Do you know the he? like the def- You know from like the nineties the way you can. Oh have, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it looks like their hands are pointing up because they're forward slashes and back slashes. Yeah. I think he put something. He's like, "Hey, so I lost the run of myself a little bit. I enjoyed it. Ha ha." And then posted one of them. I was like, "Good man, that's a way to get yourself into title contention." That's good. He follows me on Twitter. There you go. Does that's he? enough. Yeah. Well then. That's enough. That's enough for me. Anyway, uh, Joseph Duffy. Speaking of a man that follows, either he either follows me on Twitter and he saw the tweet or he searched the f- name Joe Duffy today <laughs> because uh, I said, as I put up last night on Twitter, he finally did it. I'm not t- I don't take credit from anything, Sean. Yeah. But if I was able to go and find the audio clip right now, I'd pull it up for you straight away. I said, Joe, when you're fighting in Vegas, you sham, oh. you oh. better come out to the hills of oh, Donegal. No. You're going to have to have an argument with Patrick. He he tweeted that out. He sent it to him as well. He, he's the, he claims that he's the one. He's what? the reason why he walks out. Yeah, You're going to have to have an argument out the two of you. You're going to have to sell this inside the octagon. Can I just say, first of all, the song yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, it's good, yeah. But yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't get overboard. Anything. I think it was a good choice. I think it was funny. But it was, isn't it a pity it wasn't like on a McGregor card or on like in Ireland or something. It would have been so much better because obviously no one, no one had a clue because there obviously wasn't that many Irish people there. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it is good. Sorry, I don't, I don't no, mean to be a no Debbie Downer ver- there. No, there's no good version of it on Spotify. So you're lucky I can't even drown you out oh, and play it over. But uh, aside from that, aside from how happy that made me when he was coming out, Joseph Duffy also uh, sporting an incredibly good barnet, an incredibly nice haircut. Aside from the physical physical compliments and the music compliments, what did you make of the fight? <laughs> it was... Poirier did better than I expected him to do. Like, I thought, I honestly thought Duffy would um, would blow him out of there pretty pretty easily. I thought he'd, he'd knock him out. Oh, well... When it came closer, I thought he'd knock him out in the first round, but kind of when I did my analysis, which I think is the best kind of... Um, analysis you know, on the internet? <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's the best judge of what's actually going to happen because when it gets closer, you kind of, you know, I'm not saying emotions take you away, but you kind of, oh, oh this is going to, you know, he's going to knock him out. You kind of build yourself up for it. So, but I, I, I yeah, I, I kind of, I predicted that it'd go a little bit longer, but I think Poirier won this fight not because of the wrestling and and you know getting the takedowns and stuff even though you know he did but I think he was even in the striking with Duffy earlier and you saw Duffy hit him a couple of hard a couple of times hard and I think Parry of all maybe 145 as well those shots you know those shots might have might have knocked him down or knocked him out Um, but I think he stood up well to him I think you know, not not draining that that much weight and stuff definitely helps um, your strike absorption. You've heard loads of fighters talking about that, um, and, I, and I think he was very. He's always been a brave fighter that answers back hard, and I think he answered back very hard against uh, against Joseph Duffy. And, and um, you know, it was an even round for the first what three and a half four minutes, and then you know both guys were kind of bloodied up, not bloodied up, but. Yeah, Duffy. Had I a, could see an argument. Uh, yeah, for Duffy winning that first round. Uh, he didn't because uh, I don't think because Poirier got the takedown. And he landed that huge big elbow. The big elbow changed. Yeah. yeah, but it, it was close. Yeah, definitely. In fairness, um, but I think you know, I think Duffy. I'm not expecting to to you know dominate the striking, but I think he he probably thought he'd have the advantage in in the striking and. and <laughs> 
he didn't really. He was it was very even. Duffy didn't look bad; like he looked good, but he looked like a guy that was still on the way up. And we spoke about when this fight was made. Like I, I wanted him to get someone kind of lower down, but and and I know you were calling for a party fight and stuff. I think he could have done with you know an, another couple of fights for this sort of a this sort of a, a step up in competition. Like he's still coming back to MMA. Not you know what is it eighteen months or, or so back to the MMA after Less. boxing and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think he could have done it, and you, you saw him speaking beforehand. I think it was at Ariel he spoke in an interview that he was looking forward to getting back to Tricer afterwards and yeah, working just on to more work things. and improve. Yeah, I think this, you know, I don't think it's uh, it, obviously it was a bad loss and stuff. He he got dominated for a large period of the fight, but I think Joseph thought we will be back. I think he's still a, a very good prospect, and I think you know the UFC do this sometimes where they kind of rush guys up towards the top. They did it with McGregor, although you know not as much because of the injury and stuff. They did it with Mick McDonald at the start. He got, was it Uriah Faber, Hindenburg, he fought. I love how you call him Mick McDonald. Yeah, I started calling him Mick McDonald. I might as well. But they, they do this, you know, they do this uh, the odd time and they did it with Joseph Duffy, obviously, because that Conor McGregor fight is there and stuff. And uh, they, they could do it with another Irish guy there. But I, he deserved it as well. It's not just because of, because of that. But um, I think he, like he, he, he fought fairly well and I think he, he'll definitely... Are you there? I'm here. You said, and he'll definitely... Be back. All right. Um, well, if you want to take a lesson in humility, uh, I don't know if you saw this floating around the internet, Neil Magny, what did he do recently? He went, with, uh, he went and trained with... Uh, he went to the Damien Maya. Maya seminar after Maya beat him. Yeah. So that's, uh, well, like, I'm not saying that Joseph Duffy's going to be heading to Dustin Poirier seminar anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, just a couple of things off that fight, though. For t- like, Let's just get it out of the way. Uh... I was watching it in work and a couple of people were saying to me uh, whether they just wanted the Irish guy to win or not, I'm not too sure, but they said five rounds, that's a different fight. No. It's not, it, I, like, I, I was looking at it thinking by the end of it, I was like, Duffy's been comprehensively uh, beaten here, but still, I think, gave a pretty good account of himself. Yeah. In the sense that it was a 30-26, the same way Neil Seary lost a 30-26 in Vegas. Do you know that sort of way that you're like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a relatively close 3026 in the terms of if those guys fought again on a different day, the result could have been different. It wasn't a 3026 and that guy's outclassed and you should never fight me again. Um, or 3027. I do think, though, a couple of different points in that fight that maybe cost it for, uh, for Duffy. Sitting down against the cage, when he had been taken down, Paria had this position twice. He was kind of dropping his right shoulder into Duffy's stomach had both of his legs wrapped together. Duffy was posted on his right hand and it looked like there was elbows there to take Dustin clean out with. But he couldn't lift his hand, otherwise his base was gone. He seemed comfortable in that sitting position against the cage. Wasn't going for a wizard, uh, a wizard. wasn't going for much technical stand-ups off the cage. He seemed comfortable sitting there knowing that the fight would be back standing at one stage. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. And you you heard his corner. I don't know. Was it? I, I didn't, for us, I didn't hear it. I that's because yeah. I was listening well, to yeah. shit club music. <laughs> but yeah, but I heard, you know if someone was listening to it, they heard him actually saying exactly what you said there. But wizard, wizard, you heard him roaring a lot. And you know it's easier said than done. Obviously, do you think Duffy but, was hurt? I he's not the um, guy that's going to come out and say it. But I do like I I think that he has the size over Parier anyway. Do you know what I mean? Parry is even small at 155. Um, and one of the reasons that I thought he, he was going to lose the fight, to be honest, 
it seemed like he was he's far too emotionally invested back in these fights again. UFC embedded one of the series Paria was working out, he was hitting pads, looks at the uh, looks at the camera and he says, I'm gonna be the champion in 2016. Walks yeah. away, comes back, and fuck anyone who says I'm not. Like yeah. <laughs> why do you care what other people have to say? If you think you're gonna be the champion, okay. Don't come back and say and fuck you if you don't believe me. Do you know, yeah. I, I was looking at it thinking this is all signs leading up to him being emotionally invested again. He said something to Duffy at the Wayans. Duffy laughed him off. Duffy still, like, it seemed, uh, again, without wanting to be in any way disrespectful in any, sh- any way, shape, or form, some of Duffy's shots, I think towards the second and third round, were pushing off Parier as opposed to connecting with Parier. Technically nice, timed nice, landing nice, but not landing with the same thud the same venom that we saw as strikes first six five or six minutes of the fight yeah, but I suppose that's to be expected too like he took you know there was a lot taken out of him in that first round and yeah a, as you that said that elbow was serious yeah. and the yeah. fact that I was convinced watching that live that elbow went in I was convinced uh, Paria was going to sink in a dart yeah I, yeah I thought he was going to catch him or there, some sort of like Get like 10 finger guillotine Peruvian necktie just the way Duffy's yeah. neck went down after he got hit with the elbow I was like oh fuck very good survival Duffy's eye closed up as well and like I can only I've never been in the position obviously but I can only imagine how tough that is when you're basically fighting with one eye you know for most of the fight and the people who said you know if it had been five rounds Duffy would have won I don't think they would have but I don't think Duffy would have been finished either <clears throat> you know he, sh- he wasn't as bad as the Paige Van Zandt beating but uh, like he didn't show one bit of quit in there one time, and like no, which was... a couple of guys could have, um, and that's why I think like uh, even in Mark afterwards, just the, the recap of the fight, I think like this will be a good thing, and I think Gary Cook he've actually put it up on Facebook or something that this will stand to Duffy uh, in in the future, and I really think it will. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, get get a couple of fights against Ivan George, maybe yeah, caliber guys, and then I move up to you know. Diego well, Sanchez is there, Paul Felder. Exactly. Kind of, I, I think we've guaranteed that we're going to see him in Dublin if there's a card this year. Um, he's, I can see him being on that card, I, especially after being off the last one. He would want to do it. But uh, one final, like if we look at that third round, points in that third round that seemed Duffy was even close to finish, could have finished Parry on the feet with, without the threat of being taken down over his head. He just yeah. seemed to get some sort of momentum on his strikes, land a couple of nice combinations, and then pull the, like not pull the trigger on them because he was afraid to overcommitting on the strikes. That meant he stopped striking for a second, and that's when Parier took him down. Like, just a couple, like, tiny things. Like, do you know what I mean? You, I, I don't imagine Joseph Duffy in 12 months' time being able to be controlled as easily as he was in that fight, especially training in TriStar, especially under Eric, uh, or under Faraz Sahabi, who's going to be uh, breaking that down for him over the next while. And even then, like, don't want to dwell on maybes. 10 seconds longer in that final round, and maybe Joseph Duffy pulls off one of the greatest submissions, uh, submission comebacks in UFC history. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I, your point on TriStar, I think he's probably in the best gym in the world for improvement, for improving guys. Like, look at Rory McDonald, look at GSP, you know, countless other guys who've improved so much over the years with them. And I think, I think that's probably he's probably in the best place in the world for doing it. And uh, I look forward to, I look forward to seeing him. Uh, what he, what he can pull off next. If we're talking about guys that have improved, guys that have finally come back. Michael McDonald has put aside his uh, pay dispute, his pay injustices 
with the UFC. Uh, I know he was pretty pissed off over it. Um, and he's come back. And he came back in probably... Look, Andrew, look. Look. We, we, look, we know why you brought this up. Look. Come on. Look. You can indulge yourself. Look. Do it. Go All on. I'm saying is that was slick. Okay. Yeah, well, Aside from the fact that I've hit similar transitions in <laughs> jiu-jitsu tournaments, which you can see on Instagram, which you can see on my Twitter timeline, I posted it a couple of days ago. <laughs> uh, I did not get the finish of my transition. I took the back. I did not get the bone arrow choke. Time ran out. Uh, that is the sort of killer instinct, the kill switch, the aggressive grappling that we saw and loved from Michael McDonald, Mick McDonald, in his early UFC career. He looked terrible though. Oh yeah, up until that point, <laughs> awful. I, I was like, this is the Mick McDonald that we knew, like that we knew and loved. And then out of nowhere, Mickey I, I clipped on. my fingers there. Sorry, you probably couldn't hear it. I heard it. Okay, uh, <laughs> but you're taking a drink, so I'll just kind of go on now as you get the get the rest it's of the okay, water out of your it. system. He, uh, I'll like always. I don't know why. It just reminds me of Hey Arnold. <laughs> he is a bit actually. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's just he's that character. Do you know what I mean? And if you want to talk about how great a finish it was and stuff like that, talk about the fact that maybe not looking as slick as before up until that point. Is it ring rust? Is it getting back into the rhythm? Is it a guy who thought I can make a name off Michael McDonald here if he's not uh, firing on all cylinders at the start of the fight? Yeah, I think Kenny Hara was pretty good though. Like he his wrestling was really good and stuff. He controlled him well on the ground. Um it's you know sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to remember what guys were like and um, Michael McDonald has been out for a long time and the game has moved on an awful long time since that like it's a similar thing now with Dominic Cruz coming up um he could you know you see the same fighter as he was back then if he was he could struggle today because you know the game has moved on as I say but you know I, I think now that he's back and he's facing you know he can get another training camp in under him I think the, the next fight is is really the big fight and I don't think Aljamain Sterling no 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 no. please don't no don't rush him don't rush him back they already rushed him once you know into a title fight and stuff and that it was it was too soon um I'd, I'd give, give him the, you know he's still young give, give him the slow burn give him give him a Brad Pickett or someone like that did he fight Brad Pickett already I don't know but give him give him someone um you know someone he can beat and uh you know make make his name off of um it, it wasn't great he already fought Brad Pickett but it wasn't great I, I was more impressed with Kenny Hara to be honest but the way you know the way McDonald came through uh what, what was it a side chalk or a head and arm chalk rear um, naked choke no, but he. Oh he yeah, was, he, it was he a head and arm choke. He was yeah. calling, yeah. And uh, do you know what the best part about that submission was? The transition. Yeah, his was his escape. In order, what he had to do there, he would have been tightening the submission on himself as he was moving until it got to the point of okay, I can push my head out. My head will pop out from this point. Yeah. The way that he was turning, like that was just, and also the f- fact. How have we gone six minutes or so talking about this fight without? Graham has probably stopped listening at this stage. Sean. Oh yeah, use the cage, use the cage. Illegal. People too. Should have been reset. Should have been reset in the head and arm choke in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> oh yeah. Where do you lie on that? Absolute scumbaggery from Michael McDonald, or I would love for Steve Mazzagatti to be refing my fights in those situations. I think he had his toes in the cage for about two seconds and he was kind of pushing off. I don't think it made any difference really. Exact same if you use the cage to stop a takedown and guillotine someone with your hands. I I don't know. I think the, uh, like I think I'm yeah. Ma- I agree I'm with you. The, the cage should be legal. used. Yes, I think it should be legal. 
why shouldn't I like kids? The kids is part of it. It should be legal. I really think it should be. I, well, I don't. I'd like to see it. Personally, if if see you don't want fighters to grab cages or put them up against cages, don't have them fight in an octagon. Have them fight on a huge, big white mat <laughs> that alarms. Yeah. Like that, and that'd be good have, for audiences. Exactly. Okay. Then you put shock bracelets on their legs. If they go past the diameter of a cage, they get shocked. There you go. And it should be held on a barge in international waters. I agree. Okay. Um, a couple, just a quick word on a couple of these fights. I know you didn't see them all because obviously you're working the Justine Keish, Nina Asarov fight. I was expecting Justine Keish, like, saw her fighting a couple of times before and she was a, look, uh, she looked like a good prospect. Thought she looked, she came back from a long time out, but I thought she looked very bad. Got an absolute robbery of a decision. Like they read out the unanimous Ooh, judging decision. Judging has improved. <laughs> they read out the they read out the unanimous decision, and I was changing TVs and I turned it off, and then I came back and looked at my phone and was like, "Oh, Justin Keish's one." I was like, "What the fuck? Oh, how did she win?" She she got like a thirty twenty two thirty twenty sevens. I don't know how she got them. Um, Tanaka beat Joe Soto in a great fight. Did you, did you see that? He never, Joe Soto nearly had um, go go Platch. Oh, I, fu- I lost my shit. I was roaring at the television. He has it. He has it. That was pretty good. Um, Drew Dober against Scott Holtzman. Not a great fight. Alex Morona beat Kyle Nock. Oh, did he? I thought Kyle Nock won. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Abel Trujillo beat The Tony best Kim. analysis in Europe here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, your boy Diego Brando. Okay, just before we get on to Diego Brando, well, no, on the point of Diego Brando, before we talk about the submission, fair enough, getting highlight reel chain submission is bad enough, but to be done on, to have it done on you by the guy with arguably the worst nickname in UFC history. And worse there. Ah, no, I have, that's a little bit of a stretch. Terrible. No, no, no. That there's something, I think that could, no, 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 stupid. Stupid. It's awesome. That guy should be given a bonus for that haircut, a fucking haircut bonus. It's terrible. Give him money to get a haircut, like, is it? Exactly, or? yeah. Dana or White a Dana to- White job, like, I give that guy extra to get those Speedos off TV. Yeah, exactly. It was worse than that, that haircut was. Bring back Dana Solomon, that's what I said. No way. I, uh, first of all, that's the submission sequence. What was it? A standing darse into a one armed mounted guillotine into a triangle. Yeah, Those okay. moves shouldn't go together, but he somehow was able to flow them together. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, D- Diego could have quit there as well at one stage, but he didn't. I thought, I thought Diego was going to go out, like yeah. look for his way out from the guillotine. Guillotine yeah, yeah. At ma- when it went in, because like, the, the defense, I, 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 I'm thinking off the top of my head here from what I remember of it. The defense to a Darce choke is to go flat on your back. So fair enough, him defending that Darce choke could lead to a, a, the one arm mounted uh, guillotine. But absolute wizardry how he was able to transition to the triangle yeah pretty good um, and Alex Albert in, in the words of the Lonely Island yeah, I don't know who they are no alright uh, I was going to say Tumanov jizz beat... in my pants <laughs> oh yeah I do know they are sorry Albert Tunov beat Lauren Zark another tightly, hotly contested decision I think it kind of went the right way Tumanov was putting on the pressure Lauren Zarkin like he took him totally out of his game. All he could do was land leg kicks, and you know I don't think that's enough. I think uh, Tumanov deserved it. There you go. The UFC started in a good way. Anyway, UFC one nine five. Um, 
But before we had that, before we even had to think about UFC 195, I was too busy lubing myself up at the prospect of Crone Gracie's. <laughs> your, your, you, that was just so uncomfortable I, there. I thought, you were go- I thought you were going to Anderson Silva You didn't there. know where I was bringing it, and then when I mentioned lube, the throat dropped. I heard the... <laughs> you didn't know where I was taking it, no, folks. I didn't, no. Glorious, glorious tie stumps from Crone Gracie. 2-0 as an MMA fighter as a probably, pro wrestler an MMA fighter probably en route now to the UFC any day now Crone Gracie the saviour of the Gracie clan not that I care that the Gracie name or reputation gets saved in any way shape or form because Crone and Hickson are their own men uh, and genuinely I still would have been talking about this submission 56 minutes into the podcast had Crone Gracie pulled off the arm bar from his guard pull and That's risen like did you I watch know, the whole fight? Yeah, I did watch the whole fight. Did it look a bit weird to you? No? It look, it, to you, me, it looked like an exhibition fight. You thought it was rigged? No, well, I'm not saying that. I, I like, genuinely, as much as there was fights at Rizm, like, well, sorry, how dare I say that? Anyone can get knocked out by a kick to the elbow. Um, did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Oh, Mr. Satoshi Ishii, you are a feared fable striker. <laughs> <laughs> Such power to the elbow! Wow, I don't think the crone fight was staged. Did you like, see when he? he if had it was your man, mount and the guy just swept him like it ain't nothing twice. He it wasn't from mount; it was from knee on belt. Like the one time you he was mounted at one stage, John, he swept him. He was on his way, was he? Well, yeah. I, I the one that I remember watching. The, that I remember thinking, oh, Hickson is going to beat the fuck out of Crone for that, is when he was going from knee on belly to mount. Yeah, and there is awesome. a point there when you're like, you have to remember, allegedly, this guy, Yanomoto, is a Olympic level wrestler. Or yeah. did he wrestle in the Olympics? I have no idea. <clears throat> well, meant to be a good wrestler. Not even um, And if the fix was in, the way, he would have tapped to the straight armbar. Do you know what I mean? I'd say yeah. he jacked his arm going through that. He also... Well, you could say, why? what is he doing slamming him out of a triangle? Um, out of all of the fights in the card, I'd say that had the least hope of being fixed. Simply because of the type of person. The way that Cronin, Hicks and Gracie lived their lives. Can't, like, Hickson refused to take fights in Japan because, uh, or certain fights under certain promoters in Japan in the 90s in case people would accuse it of being a fix. Do you know? Am he, I, am I, he also didn't want to fight uh, your man Angie. He didn't want to fight... Uh, yeah that guy in Japan because he's a pro wrestler and it would, would have discredited his fighting ability or it would have discredited his his character. I don't know yeah. if he had fought that guy. Even in a, in a regular fight, the fact that that guy had partaken in fixed fights in Japan, it would have fucked Hickson up. It could have been anything like as well, like that, oh, we'll make an, we, you know, we'll make an exhibition or, we'll, you know. I'm not saying it was fixed totally, but I think it was... Uh... If you ever talk <laughs> about Crone Gracie like that again... yeah. Okay, it was it wasn't fixed. It was. Thank you. Let's be honest. Hey, now say it. He looked fucking. Say it. He wasn't fixed. Wasn't Hail Crone. <clears throat> Hail Crone. Hail Crone. He looked terrible. Like ice cream Crone. All I hear is he looked striking. great. Yeah. What do you mean his striking? The shuffle. You mean the shoulder shuffle to close the distance? Beautiful. I want to see him. Ronda fight, Rousey uh, level striking from. Crone I want to see him fighting Ryan Hall. I don't. Why not? Um. Uh, Ryan Hall beat him up in the feet? No. Well, Ryan Hall hasn't got great striking either now, in fairness. No, he doesn't, but better um, Look, you are, you're pushing me here, Sheehan. I am what? this close. All right? To what? 
Uh, look, you don't want to find out. I don't even understand why I'm voting you. You're making what? fun of Crone Gracie. I'm not. I'm not. I want to see him fight Ryan Hall. Would that not be a good fight? No. We'll give him time to grow, okay? Crone? Oh, you think Ryan Hall beat him? No, I do well, not. I thought it went to the ground. Look, all I, look, we're not going to get to see much tie stomping in the UFC, so let him fight nobodies in Japan for the next few years, all right? If it started in 50-50, who'd win Crone Gracie or Ryan Hall? I don't know. You, does that mean Ryan Hall? No, no I, I actually, I actually don't know. It'd be good, though. I'd like because to see Ryan it. Hall is an elite level grappler. Crone isn't untouchable, but like the the reason that I don't know is because Crone does not use any of those guards. Yeah. Crone's whole philosophy on jiu-jitsu is that his dad's jiu-jitsu is the best jiu-jitsu, and he doesn't play Delaheva. He doesn't play X guard. He won't go inverted. He won't play fifty-fifty. He'll just smash his way out of those places to try submit the guy. Okay. So for, if you put him fully locked in fifty-fifty guard, which I don't know how much he trains, like the like genuinely, if that fight was made, I could see them not training fifty-fifty guard the entire time because oh, my dad's jiu-jitsu is going to be okay. Yeah, he's not doing that with striking. What? They're used to doing that with striking. That's <laughs> yeah, well, <I> would you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Before uh, okay. I disconnect Sean Sheehan from this, uh, anything else worth talking about? Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, what he, Bob Sapp. <laughs> God almighty. He fought me, did he? What, what was your many Akebona. Oh, it was like, <laughs> first of all, what happened that fight? It was called off halfway through and Bob Sapp was given the win. He got caught, did he? I, uh, I watched it in bits. I didn't watch it live. Like, uh, the fi- like Bob Sapp, literally for the first time in years, actually tried to win a fight. His, his reasoning was because Risen were giving him too much lettuce. So they obviously paid him right, well yeah. enough for him to train. So that, like, the whole thing was a shit show. An entertaining shit show, nonetheless. Like, watching Shinya Yoki... Oh, that was do terrible. that to a 46 year old Sakuraba is both I don't know Aoki was, is one of the worst referee, yeah. human beings in the world like he is hilarious like but also one of the greatest do you know what I mean yeah. Shinya Aoki versus Nate Diaz I would stop watching MMA if I got to see that fight you brilliant wouldn't I like that's it, all I want for Christmas isn't it a- crazy, and like, you if you get a if you get a big name like Shinya Aoki you can make a shitload of money out in Asia fighting on these car- these cards that pop up, you know, once a year. They'll pay you a good bit of money. Like, yeah, he's a maid. Like, never has to fight anyone any good. It's brilliant, like. And it's gets brilliant. to wear spats. Yeah, speaking of guys who don't don't have to fight anyone any good, Fedor, Fedor. Back as well. I thought he, like, he didn't look, okay, he's fighting a 2 and all guy who was really 1-0 in Jaideep Singh. He looked okay, like, he looked pretty fit and he looked, you know, he's Decent striking shape. Okay. Yeah. Look, I'm happy for him. He came back. Uh, I think carrying him Zidane over in um, is it's a bloody elbow. I think it's bloody elbows, but yeah. Yeah. He um, he said Fedor got I think was it one point two, one point three million for this fight. Crazy which, money. Which which is brilliant. That's uh, that was the whole objective of the fight for him to come back and make some money. So he's booked I'm, again for April as well, yeah. I believe. Hopefully, it'll give him someone a little bit better, maybe. King Mo. Why don't you fight King Mo? Let's just talk about like Fedor made one point two million for nothing. King Mo made three hundred thousand for nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He had the easiest there. Uh, I know your man he was fighting wasn't bad, like in fairness, but he, he did knock him out well. For um, what? Your man he was fighting wasn't bad. The the uh, in the final Polish guy, yeah. Yeah, but there was Czech some knockout. Like, yeah, Tekken style face plant. Your man just human stood there and... s- no human slug style face plant, you know? Yeah. Face down, ass up. Good one, right? Fair play to King Mo. 
getting uh, getting shit done over there in Japan. That's right. And 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 he got to wear shoes. He did. Yeah, actually, I didn't even notice that. In the yeah, fight, he got to I wear wrestling boots. Yeah, Butashi. I uh, I I thought it was like first of all. If we can just throw it out there, they took representatives from every organization, pretty much, that Bama. they could get. Exactly, Bama. Where were the Bama dignitaries, Sean? Why weren't they sitting with Saki Baba? <laughs> Where was, uh, what's his name? Jude. Jude, Jude Samuel, your Should boy. have been right-hand man. This is an outrage. It's almost as disgraceful as why I'm not in Tokyo this week. What is that? What is going on out there? Like, I, saw that, like, I don't know what is going on. So for those that are... Franz Malambo's fighting in, in Tokyo on Friday. They got there. They're there now. But like Paul Redmond's out there. Is he judging a fight or something? Is he? I, I saw that somewhere. But I'm a, that, I'm a, I thought it's I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they're looking for him to fight for that promote. Like he's out as a guest or something. You wouldn't yeah. know like because it's, it's nuts. Uh, Lara Byrne and Martin Horgan, who co-promote the Cage Kings events in Ireland, are out there as well, talking with the promoter. So Keen who knows Cowley what's knows, yeah, going on there. Keen Cowley's out there. I would assume uh, him and Kiefer are going to be cornering Franz. It's just hilarious. It, like, just a load of Irish boys milling around Tokyo. Like, around Japan. That's what you want. Yeah. Um, if, we can, uh, if we can just get it on very quickly, Michael Bisbing, Anderson Silva. Yeah. We, we, oh, go on. <sighs> I'm happy enough with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm devastated. As of now, I will not be at it. Uh, oh. Bama is on. Steve and Sean are going to be holding down the fort at UFC London. Times may change. I may hop in a plane. I may say, forget about Bama. I want to see the goat fight live. A part of me is still thinking that. Surely he is enough to beat a one-eyed Bisbing. Yeah, a lot of people talking about this fight as if it's like Bisping's big chance to get a win. Jeez, uh, I don't think so. I think Bisping is, you know, he looked worse than Anderson Silva and he, like, he looked terrible against uh, against Luke Rockhold. He did, like, who did he fight? Talis Lettis last fight, he looked okay. Um, Barely but, won it. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think Anderson Silva will always have too much for him. I, I think it's going to be... Could this be the fight? Out? Yes. Well, yeah. look at it this way. Vitor turned the fight down. Okay, so, and then, obviously, all the stuff that came out from that conference. Probably the most activity to ever come out of an EMEA conference call in history, Sean. Was Anderson there? Silva claiming that the UFC pulled. Oh, yeah. That's why he was put on to, or what was it, <laughs> financial reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bit of, uh, uh, up steps Andrew McGahan now to come in the new UFC, you know, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel's in the bad books. Uh, poor old Ariel, don't leave him alone. But did you, oh, speaking of Bisping and Clicky Clicky, did you see the fucking Jordan scumbags? Oh, put up, put whoa, 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 no, whoa, no, whoa, don't I'm, talk about other, what are you at? We are uh, we are the number. We do not talk bad about. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> I actually was about to laugh and say competition, but Joe, that I on competition. Proceed. They put up this video of a guy. It looked like in London, but uh, and you'll never what happened. Believe what happened next. He, um, okay. He he was taking. He was like a delivery guy, right? He the van. He was taking boxes out of the van, and this guy came up and started like abusing him for like five seconds, and then he came up to him again, and he remembers like, oh fuck this, and he came over and like took him down, and he like punched him a couple of times on the ground. And they walked away, and they put up right, and they said. UFC fighter Michael Bisping has no patience for these guys coming up. Like, it wasn't Michael Bisping at all. They didn't even look like Michael Bisping. Like, 
it was a joke like Bisping got tagged in it on Facebook and he, he like he made a comment like this is not me take it down uh, and I was fucking it was a joke like they said it was Michael Bisping straight out like they, they advertised it as Michael Bisping I think they've taken it down since but it, it like it had loads of shares and everything Joe, what like, a fucking joke since you've yeah like literally that is the age that we live in now they're complete scumbags you don't have to be a writer all you have to do is learn how to post on WordPress and insert a gif from their gif gallery of yeah oh my god or something along those lines the funniest thing is like their their love of uh of conor mcgregor and it's like oh yeah we actually uh it's like they're jumping up and down from behind a group of people like waving their arms and it's like conor conor remember we we our name was on your arse once. <laughs> Connor! <laughs> it's weird. Oh, oh like they... genuine. And do you know what the best thing about it is? The good people of Ireland are coming around to it. Every time yeah. you see something shared on Facebook, or like most of Joe.ie's content these days, first of all, are Louis Van Gaal's head on something from a football on, on, on a film. Yeah, oh, so stupid. Like. And they're the most stupid videos in the world. And all of the comments underneath them are, <laughs> like, clickbait. Lads, fuck off. John Kavanagh calling them out on Christmas. Yeah. Made my Christmas. Best thing ever. Yes, yeah. Like, there's, there's some great websites out, uh, websites out there, like Balls.ie, very good website. I'm like, a big fan of Balls.ie. Yeah, they often, Because like, they, they, they use a lot of our yeah. stuff. And thanks to the lads at Severe MMA, put them in the comments as well, tag the yeah. Facebook page, how it should be done. As opposed to... Watch this come dine with me contestant have a massive go at his fellow diners. Yeah. Only yesterday, Joe I took something from my Twitter page, put it up, and gave no thanks or anything. Just put it up as their own. As their tweet, was it? Yeah. No, no, but uh, like they, like they copied it. it. Oh, really? They're always doing it. Like, always doing it. Like, I think they do it to annoy yeah. us at this stage. Ah, Study me. shows. Just don't click on them. Like, people, I, I, <laughs> this might be bad, but don't click on them. Fuck them. Also, click on balls that I click on severemed.com. Just like. Oh, Sheehan's fucking fired up. We're getting phone on, calls off Graham tonight, both of us, one after the other. <laughs> click on the other Irish MMA websites as well. Like, just fucking don't do the sh- gone shitty. Also, can I just say, what is going on here? Five days into the new year, and I haven't seen an upstart Irish MMA website ready to change the game yet. You know, it's a New Year's revolution for a lot of people. Oh, mm-hmm. this is, oh, we're on the way, you know, fucking unparalleled coverage. I thought there stuff. was one. No, not that no. I've, no, I, if there is one, it's not done a good job, like, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout outs, Irish Clickbait, the best Twitter page. On f- Look, uh, since we're getting off the topic of it now, go give them a follow, irclickbait.ie. Yeah. Joe, d- or irclickbait, joe.ie and her.ie have blocked him. Yeah. And he just re- he. He will uh, retweet. Oh, <laughs> sorry. His pinned tweet. Did you see it? No. The, the clickies 2015. Oh, yeah, I did see that. You yeah. won't believe the results. Brackets. You will actually. Joe.ie <laughs> had the most clickbait in, uh, in, Ire- in Ireland. That's a surprise. What a shock. Okay, we better get on to our own fucking awards, actually, or we'll run out of time. Let's do ah, this shit. We have 20 minutes. Give or take. Yeah, but we have questions and stuff as well. Let's, okay. Let's, let's do this shit. Do you want to do the bo- my we we promised we'd look at my ball predictions as well. Okay, so, I'll get them up for you now. What ones do you want read out first? I last don't know, year's. We, yeah, let's go to last year's and you can. Ah, uh, <sighs> fuck's sake! 
Loading. Oh, burping. Graham's gonna kill you. Did I burp? No, that that actually wasn't a burp. That was like a. I opened my mouth. It genuinely wasn't a burp. I don't know what it was. Okay. It was like a a, a breath burp. You know, it, not a, uh, anyway. It wasn't a burp. <laughs> Khabib Nurmagomedov becomes lightweight champion. <laughs> Anderson Silva knocks out Nick Diaz. <laughs> Gary Cook replaces Dana White as UFC president. <laughs> World Series of Fighting goes out of business. Daniel Cormier and John Jones fight three times. John Jones gets arrested for using... Co- what? No. A fighter refuses to wear the Reebok uniform and is cut. CM Punk doesn't fight. Ding, ding, ding. Rampage Jackson fights Fabio Maldonado. Did that happen? Yeah, it did. Ding, ding, ding. Increased drug testing causes the champion to be stripped of his title. Not yet. Well, John Jones... Oh, well, now, come here. You are not claiming that. He Look, he got caught for his cocaine, didn't he? And then he got stripped of his title. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Hen and Barai, I, I'm letting you with that, away with that one because the next one is so ridiculous. Hen and Barai yeah. recaptures his bantamweight title. Demetrius Johnson, Chris oh, Weidman, Jesus, and Ronda Rousey all go undefeated. <laughs> UFC hosts Metamorphs on Fight Pass. Not yet, probably this year, though. Michael Bisping retires. No. BJ Penn, Chris Cyborg, Chris Lieben, and a Diaz brother signed for Bellator. These really were bold predictions for 2015, Sean. They were. They were. McGregor finally did fight Jose Aldo for the title in Vegas. Irish fighters went 3-1 and one at UFC Boston. Don't know. Correct. Uh, Brock Lesnar returns to the UFC, wins one title, and gets his heavyweight title shot. Really looking forward to the Brock Lesnar versus Fabrizio Verdum UFC 194 headliner. Mm. Thanks for that, Sean. Roy Mc- <laughs> Rory McDonald won the UFC Wildweight title as well in Almost. a thrilling encounter with Robbie Lawler last July. He then defended his title against Carlos Condit the other night. <laughs> George St. Pierre did triumphantly return and fight Anderson Silva in a fight for the ages, and the UFC will have a champion versus champion. Been super fight well, well, a few well, months well, out well. from that stem ah, from McGregor, McGregor and Aldo were both champions uh, Verdum and Kane were both champions okay I'll give you that one now this year's these are good I like them 20 bold predictions for 2016 in no particular order by the way Conor McGregor will beat Frankie Edgar and win the lightweight title wait do you mean in no particular order, 1 to 20, or no, in no I mean particular order, one, yeah. McGregor will win the title and then beat Edgar maybe afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Alistair Overeem becomes the UFC heavyweight champion. Ben Henderson signs with Bellator. CM Punk wins his UFC debut. UFC London is the only UK event. Sean, I'm expecting number nine to be there will be seven days in a week for the next 52 weeks. <laughs> number six, Luke Rockhold, Joanna Jacek, and TJ Dillashaw all go undefeated. So the man who conquered your pick of 2015 will now go undefeated this year. Yeah. Nick Diaz gets a reduced ban, combats to f- come back, comes back to fight Robbie Lawler. Great shout. Think that will happen myself. Fedor beats Jaidep Singh, signs for Bellator. Cage Warriors returns on Fight Pass. Dillashaw knocks out Cruz. UFC 200 has three title fights. Breaks 1.5. That's your shout of the year, by the way. Uh, I think we're gonna. That will happen. Saint Pierre makes his comeback against Anderson Silva. Ben Askren returns to Bellator. Five top-ranked UFC fighters fail drug tests. Wonderboy Thompson wins the welterweight title. By the way, you owe me a new Samsung Galaxy S6 because I dropped it laughing at reading that. John Jones finishes Daniel Cormier. Yeah. <laughs> 
John Jones finishes him twice, probably. World Series of Fighting gets taken over by Bellator. Peter Creedy signs with the UFC. Ronda Housey wins her rematch with Holly Holm. And Ken Shamrock fights James Quinn McDonough in Bellator. If I had to choose one, that would be the one to happen. Yeah, like, everything else can go and fuck itself, but yeah. I want to see that happen. Me too. That, it could happen as well, like fucking Data 5000 or whatever he's called is fighting Look, Kimbo Bellator Slice. will do anything. Yeah. And I, I am okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, some very good ones. I'm a, I'm a fan. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, okay. are we going to get on to some questions or is there anything we, you'd we like just- to... Elongate. Talk about our awards for two or three minutes before we get into the questions. Yes. Have you um, got them there? Or would you I've like... got them there. I, yeah, I can read them out. Go on, um, our fight of the year was Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. Uh, I don't think... I think that was a pretty easy one. Did you pick, you pick that as well? Yes. Did you? Guess yeah. what ones I didn't pick. Oh, well, no. Like, as we go on. Okay. What, okay. What do you think will be fight of the year next year? In 2016. So just like pick up a fight that hasn't happened yet or yeah. that I'd like to happen. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> I think... I, I, I think um, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. I think we might have already seen one as well. Oh. Uh, Condit against... Uh, Condit against Lawler. There you go. There's a fight of the year for next year. Okay, knockout of the year. Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. Pretty. I think Holly Holm had a good shout there as well, but I, and I. But we're biased. ConorMcGregor.com. No, I think it was so good. Like it was. It was just. I, yeah, it was like fair enough. Holly Holmes was was shocking, but the level of an opponent that Connor performed his on in terms of being a world class phenomenal striker yeah. is better than knocking out Ronda Rousey after putting a beating on her for. A couple of a couple of minutes. Yeah, I think the putting the beater on, on our thing was was the reason why it took the emphaticness um, away from it. I think Frank Mir against Todd Duffy was also an unbelievable knockout. Um, there were a few more as well, but I think I think that deserved it. Submission the year Verdum against Velasquez. There weren't many great submissions this year, to be honest. I think I voted um, for Ellenberger. Yeah, you did. Uh, what did I vote for? I think. Uh, uh, I don't know, there was like four different choices here. We had to get Dave Fogarty to decide for us. Shout out to Dave. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough one to vote for. Fight of the year, Conor McGregor. Obviously, that's a fairly normal one. Who do you think will be fighter of the year next year? Conor McGregor also. Um, I think it's going to be John Jones. I think it's easier to come back. Female fighter of the year, you and Ian Jacek. Holly Holm had a shout, but I think Ian Jacek definitely deserved it. Um, she had a better year in, in total. I know Holly beat Ronda and stuff, but... Um, Next year could be Ronda's year again. Could be in Jacek. Few people, you know, there are not many people who come in the award. I don't think, but I, I think uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, Irish profiler year, Conor McGregor. He's probably winning again next Alan year. Alan Philpot, you are robbed, mate. Next year's Philpott your year, son. Philpot was robbed. That Bama title, that the, the Lonsdale that title was taken off him. It was a robbery. That was uh, Irish amateur year, Franz Mlambo. There was another tough one to pick. Shout Obviously. out. Let let me let Huey me wax Oruk, lyrical a lot of here. people were talking about. Yes. What? There's this year is gonna be the breakthrough for the Irish amateur, I think. And especially guys turning pro. But although a quieter year than normal, Franz Malambo went through the world championships, won the world championships, great pro debut, Bama. He's not an easy pick for me because there's guys like Ondrum Gul who I know we were pretty much teetering over whether we should give it to him or Franz. Yeah. Ondrum Gul who's shown a lot of promise, Huey O'Rourke who's shown a lot of promise. This is the year for those guys. Do you know what I mean? This for me, amateur fighter of the year is the guy that has successfully 
closed off his amateur t- career and made a good transition into pro. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Irish female fighter here, obviously, Ashling Daly again, but there's a few more coming through. Merging Irish prospect of the year, Peter Queeley. Um, you had it out with Daniel Bradley over this. I don't think I picked Queeley for the fact that I consider him, he's already an established... I, 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 on, on the, look, I know what you're going to say. Internationally, yes, prospect. Domestically, I don't consider him one. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I think when we're talking about emerging Irish prospect here, I think we're talking about a prospect that can get to the to UFC. To the next level, yeah. yeah. Fair like, enough. We picked Joseph Duffy last year, and he was, I think he was already in the UFC maybe, or getting towards anyway. But, like, even... Uh, I don't know if he, he probably was just about to be signed, because yeah. he would have fought last November with Cage Like, Rogers. even if someone, say, like, even if Peter Quilly had been signed to the UFC, and, like, yeah, maybe had one fight or something, if we expected him to get, like, up towards the top... I think he'd still be an emerging prospect. Like, our non-Irish emerging prospect is Thomas Almeida. Like, he's already ranked and stuff, but he's young and, like, we call it, uh, he's a prospect of being a champion. So there's different type of prospects, I think. So, um, yeah, that's it. Underdog of the year, Rafael Dos Anjos, pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. He beat um, Pettis. I think Holly Holm was also up for this one again. She she probably could have won a lot of these awards, but I think I think Dos Anjos deserves it. Uh, coach of the year, Javier Mendez. Great year, I think. You know, Kane after Kane and and Romagomedov kind of went away. Um, he he came back with Luke Rockhold, uh, Daniel Cormier, Bowen titles. A brilliant year. Obviously, we must give a shout out to John Kavanagh, <coughs> getting McGregor. For, you know, who's from, Sean Kavanagh? I said John Kavanagh. I know, I'm only winding up. Obviously, came from nowhere to get McGregor to the to the type to the top himself. And Edo Portal there, co coaches, you know, got, got McGregor all the way. To Unfortunately the uh, for John, Edo actually almost just bet him out to the coach of the did, year. He did, yeah. Edo was in there, like he was in there. Rafael uh, Cordero as well, another guy that, that uh, needs mentioning. Upset of the year, home against Rousey. I think that's shocker. I think that's the only one really. Uh, comeback of the year, Uriah Hall against. Gegard Musasi. That I was surprised. That was actually kind of a unanimous. I think you everyone voted for that. Um, obviously, great fight. Came back, did well. Underperformer of the year, Eric Silva. Didn't look great. Look, came in looking soft. Looked bad. Worst decision there. We talked about it earlier. Hard one to pick. Ali Quinta versus Harry Masvidal. I didn't go for that myself. I don't think. But other the other crowd, the rest of you went to blame Pizzi for that one. Um, worst fight of the year, Gabriel Gonzaga against Erokin. Man UFC fighter of the year, Lee McGeary. Great year, uh, beat TRT's Manny Newton, won the Bellator title. You've into the year UFC 189. Uh, shocking moment of the year, McGregor, Aldo, walk out of the year, Ashton Daly in Dublin, and quarter of the year. He's powerful, he's powerful and he's fast. Precision beats power, and time beats speed. Yeah. 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 Okay. Timing that's, is a, that's a quote from a drug addict in Dublin, as timing is the new drug of choice for many. <laughs> it's better than speed, uh-huh. according to uh, according to them. Well, no, Conor McGregor with quote of the year. Yeah, definitely. Let us know if you agree with those. Uh, tweet us. Daniel please, Bradley, please. don't bother, because we bother won't read Daniel. them. Ah, oh, we do. I always no, read Sean Daniel does. Man. Uh, okay, anyway, a few questions before we few go. questions before Let's we go. do this shit. We've had quite a lot since... <laughs> yeah. um, Let's see. Onion MMA, Richard Dyhan, wants to know, was this Lawler's most difficult fight in the welterweight division? I feel the upcoming contenders are fitting more into his style of fighting. Excellent stand-up and strong takedown defence. Um, I think the Roy McDonald fight was the hardest fight. Although, he, I think Condit gave him more problems with Condit. Maybe he didn't... Oh, shit. He didn't bring as much power. Can you still hear me? Yep. 
he didn't bring as much power and stuff as uh, as Rory McDonald did into it. Um, he, like a lot of Lawler's fights have been so close. Like I think that I think he lost the first Rory McDonald fight. Although most people think he won it. Fair enough. That first Johnny Hendricks fight, he lost, but I think he won. The second Johnny Hendricks fight, he won, but I think he lost. The Rory McDonald fight, he was losing going into the last round, and I think he lost again against Condit. <laughs> look, look at all those close fights. It's it's unbelievable how many close fights he's had since he came back to the UFC. A lot of close decisions, and I think, you know, all, all I fights. do is win, 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 no matter what. There you go. That's pretty much that. He should just enter out to that song all the time. He's Can I ask here. you one question about Robbie one. Lawler? Who's the guy in his corner? Which guy? Like, he has his new coaches there, but there's a real old Midwest-looking yeah. guy that looks like he's from a farm, and it's like, that's definitely Lawler's first ever coach that he just brings with him as a token. I don't know. He, he trained with Militich and... and uh, he just... He, he, he looks like he's ultimately always pumped up for Robbie Lawler's fights it's your man that owns the gym or like I don't know it's maybe the manager of the gym or something I'm not sure if, I'm not if sure. someone told me now I'd probably know who he was but I'm not sure well then um, I'm just going to read out some questions here that we actually did cover already um, Gavin Springett friend of the podcast how can MMA scoring changed to get more definitive result in closer rounds or fights especially in title fights just start giving 10 8 rounds for fucking nothing. What, what do you think about having more judges? I think th- like 5, do you mean? Yeah. Cuz you couldn't have 4. You'd need you'd either yeah, need you'd 3 need or five. 5 or 7 or 9. Get 11 altogether. Or 11. Yeah, just keep <laughs> going up in prime numbers and we should be set like. Well, 9's not a prime number. Is it not? No. 3 by 3 is 9. Wow. <laughs> Life, life ruined. Mind, that, that fucking, that, mind that equals. Degree, bro- that master degree is coming back. Curse you! Um, ah, who knows? I, I'd be I'd down be for nine them. judges sitting around an octagon. <laughs> I think I wouldn't mind. No, fuck it. Keep it a three. Okay, no, go on. Keep it a five. Go on. Get five. Get yeah. five. Yeah, two extra. You convince me. Yeah, two more Ben cartilages won't do the world any trouble at all. I leave that one go. That was oh, a whimper, Sean. It was good-hearted. It was a joke. Come on, you can yeah. rip into Joe Daddy. I can't have a bit of banter with a friend of mine. Jesus I, Christ! You'll get emails now tomorrow. Cape May, <laughs> Cape May Irish. John Harker. Mayday McDonald title shot or needs more wins. Thoughts Fuck on that. his submission? Is BJJ evolving? Parry's potential and favorite four AM fight food. Mm. Okay, we've talked about all. Skip Paris. everything. What's your favorite fight food? <sighs> I used to be a, Do you know what it is It's popcorn with Maltesers, Maltesers thrown in on top of them yeah. But oh, I, I like know water. you so well I like water oh. I Cashews as well I, uh, I, I had not, a, not cashews What are they called Pistachios I had a pizza At the weekend I had actually as well There you go uh, Do you think Condit will be given An immediate rematch Or do you think Woodley will be given a shot That's from Robert Mannion Man Rinion I think it's going to be Wonderboy Of course you do yeah, Typical uh, I'd like to see Conda get the rematch To be honest so Hills of Donegal Cheesiest walkout song Okay John Harker You are blocked And we're not answering Any more of your questions uh, Do you think the UFC Will relax their promotion Of Duffy now After this blip Holloway versus Parry next What do you think Winner versus Edgar um, Although I'd like to see it Parry is, Parry is at 155 And he shouldn't go back To 145 Considering how good He's been at 155 
Holloway versus Edgar is something I'd love to see, but again, we're talking about killing contenders from having them fight each other in the welterweight division. We don't want that to happen at 145, especially if McGregor does leave, vacate his belt, that division will dry up fairly quickly. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'd love to see Dustin Poirier against Barboza. That's what I want to see. Excellent. Dustin Poirier and Barboza. Why do you wish that on Dustin? Well, no, I was going to say on Dustin Poirier, but Barboza... You know, once people figure out how to check a leg kick. I pick Barboza to win every fight and then he loses. Yeah. He's just so You're good, the... but he loses. Yeah. He's like the opposite to Robbie Lawler. It, it's like, I can remember, I think the first time I saw him, he fought in a card with Carlos Vermola years ago. And Verm- Vermola had ridiculous Muay Thai as well in that fight, or looked good in that fight. And I was like, this guy's definitely going to be, oh no, he's cut. <laughs> Future champ. Um <clears throat> Let's see. For the love of UFC, Luke MMA, a lot of talk about having more judges for championship fights. Sean, what's your thoughts? There you go. Five, yeah, we already have five. You're you're in there. Okay, here we go. Daniel Bradley, powerful DB. Of course, his tweet would be on a tweet longer link. From Ivan George (laughs) to Dustin Poirier. I think the UFC rushed Joseph Duffy into this fight following the success of the other Irish guy whose name escapes me. Duffy was on the slow build like all the promising lightweight prospects are. After a one-sided loss to Paria, does he go back and fight someone like Santos, giving him him sufficient time to improve? Or since he didn't get blown away in the first round, does he get a fight with someone just outside the rankings like Jim Miller, where a win will probably get him another ranked fight? Mm. Sean, you seem to like the slow build, but Duffy versus Jim Miller wouldn't be a bad shout. Wouldn't be a bad shout. Um... If they were to give him someone, you know, of that kind of ilk, I think Jim Miller would be a good choice. But I would like to see him get an easier fight, you know, and then give him a Jim Miller or Diego Sanchez if he comes back up, you know. I think Duffy needs more fights, to be honest. I think, like, he's when you're improving like that, you need to fight more and more often. Obviously, he's going to be out for a while now because he, you know, he's he got a bit of damage to his face and stuff. But I'd like to see him get <clears throat> a couple of Ivan George type guys. You know, knock off a couple of easy wins and then give him a, a fight to get him back into the rankings. I think that'd be that'd be wise. There's no rush with Joseph Duffy. Like he's he's young, you know. He's as I said, he's not long back to MMA, not long over TriStar Firas Sahabi. And what Firas Sahabi does is breaks you down and builds you back up. And you know, he's still in the process of being built back up. So I, I think there's a bright future for Duffy. Do you think the UFC go to somewhere in Ireland other than Dublin, like Cork mm. or something? And is the reason they don't financial. I think unless Norman Park goes viral and becomes a superstar, the UFC may return to Belfast. Otherwise, we are going to be in the three arena for the uh, yeah. considerable future. Belfast is the only place. There's no, there's no other arena anywhere in Ireland. Like Toman Park. Toman Park. You could, you, like, you could do it in Toman Park. But yeah, but no one would go to that side of the country. Fuck you. Uh, Ian Thornton, one, two, wants to know, how does a fight between Parry and McGregor go at lightweight? McGregor knocks him out badly for Dustin (laughs) Um, let's go through some that we've talked about F-R-A-A-P-P on Shaw does Condit's loss put him in the third wheel situation like Chad is at 145 Uh, no he's only lost once to Lawler hasn't he yeah Yeah, you could easily like you could get he could get a rematch straight away so no Um, can Andrew I've already explained how good McDonald and Ortega's finishes are Will and uh, Will Martin asked that question. Great yeah. man. Merry Christmas, Will. Happy Merry New Year. Christmas and a Happy New Year also. Um, I, I, am I allowed to say I blew my load, Sean? You can say that, yeah. I blew if my load, true, Sean. Like, uh, <laughs> how big of a mistake is Cowboy Cerrone make? Oh, here we go. 
The Graham, this is probably Graham under a fake account here. The Chiefs boat, Cerrone moving to welterweight, is it a mistake? Well, what was the question? Here's mine. How big of a mistake is Cowboy Cerrone making in his move to welterweight? Oh, <clears throat> is this uh, the goal? He's fucking getting away from Graham. He's running from Graham. No, nah, he's not really saying that, but I, <laughs> like that is just going to be the Graham thing for the next yeah. 10 years. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Gray Maynard is gone from his vocabulary now. It's <laughs> thought Donald Cerrone wanted the Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, <laughs> like he's never—he just lost. He's not going to get that fight. Uh, I think Cerrone is right to go to one forty. He remember before he was talking about going to one forty five. He's like, what? I always thought of him as like a big lightweight. I think it'll do him plenty of good, especially with that body of his. You know, he's a weakness there. If he could build it up a bit, I wouldn't have as much of a weight cut, obviously, as well. would would help him. I think it's a it's a wise decision. That Tim Means fight as well would be fucking hot fire. <clears throat> and I want to see... Fire. Cerrone. Straight fire. Cerrone against um, Matt Brown as well. Let's, let's have that. Um, we have a couple of ones that we're going to fly through here. Is there much new heavyweight talent coming through? Feels like it's been the same crop forever. That French guy who fought... Darren Sheehan. Darren Sheehan, really? No, French guy Darren Sheehan asked that question. Oh, oh, sorry. The French guy who fought a couple of weeks ago, the fucking behemoth of a man, uh, Ingo, Ingon, something like that. First prelim, he looks really good. Other than that, the fuck all. Steeper, 33. Um, Emma McLean, friend of the podcast, what Emma McLean's do you dislike? I hate the don't leave it in the hands of the judges yeah, crowd. Too, yeah. That's what he said. I, I hate, also, oh, I what? yeah, I hate everyone. The worst is to you know to beat the to be the champ. You have to beat the champ when it comes to like a judge. Woo! And a Ric Flair, but it's so stupid. I I I, I tweeted out this guy. This one guy tweeted me and goes, um, "Look, I think Condit won." But you can't take a belt off of a guy when a fight is so close like yes, that. Yes, you can. That is the stupidest fucking thing. I hate that. And then you, it's amazing how many people say that. It's fucking ridiculous. If he, if Carlos Condit won by one punch, he deserves to win the belt. Honestly. That, I hate that shit. Alan Horan. <laughs> Just to cut you off before you get us in trouble there. For, like, literally a guy giving him a... a <laughs> An opinion here, and Apologies. Sean Sheehan is going on a court case against him here on air. Apologies, that and that is why this guy is an idiot. You're a fucking idiot, but apologies. Um, no, no, hashtag Horan, would you agree the loyal Irish crowd were treated very badly by the UFC, sticking Duffy Parry on Fight Pass after the Dublin cancellation? You couldn't be further I, from the truth, Alan. First of all, they moved it at a time. Um, fair enough, people may ha- like. For, according to Dana, most watched fight on. Fight Pass History Live Bullshit Bullshit Well that's Sean Sheehan's opinion uh, I'm not too sure on it We'll uh, Like er- Eric Winter wouldn't lie to us Sean We'll ask him uh, It could be true but Dana can throw stuff out like that But if Eric says it to us We'll believe it um, And also Fight was on at 12 o'clock Irish time After yeah Why put it on at Half three in the morning Let them watch it Do you know what I mean Fight of no massive significance. Why not give it to them? They did. Some people may have su- subscribed to Fight Pass for that fight card. Let them give them the fight. Why not? Like Bisping, like it's going to be a big year for Fight Pass. Do you know what I mean? They're going like they've got Anderson Silva on it. They're going to have more marquee names on it throughout the year. I think. Um, do we think looking for a fight will come to Ireland slash Europe? That's from AJK Dublin. Throwing it out there. Yes, Cage Warriors Fight Pass. Looking for a fight. Put it in your diaries. Yeah, lads like, you know, there's a lot guys like Friends, Malambo and James Geller and all those guys. You know, they're they're gonna be they're probably be going to UFC like in 
Dylan Took. I could see one of them being, uh, you know, th- these things aren't, oh, we'll go, we'll see a fight and maybe there'll be someone good. These are like, they're going to headhunt a guy. They'll, there'll be a fight organised and they'll show up and they'll be expecting him to win. Like So I could see that happening. Like. Last question. Unfortunately, I have to get ready for the bus, but a few guys have asked similar uh, similar questions. Aaron Cullen, that's ERA247, and the, Ir- the underscore Irish Kieran. Uh, both friends of the podcast that send us questions quite regularly. Um, any word on the UFC current TV deal in the UK and Ireland? It's expiring this year. I would expect there to be some sort of noise, some sort of buzz around UFC London. I definitely think that... Let's say it's leaving BT Sport. You'll be able to tell a lot of if it is leaving BT Sport, depending on the promotion that BT Sport give the UFC London event. Um, especially in terms of live studio, live content. You know, it's in London. No excuse not for having the full full shebang there. Do you know what I mean? The full whack and taking it. Gary Davis. He's he's a... Top man. Monkey suit. Top bloke. Big fan of Gareth here on the Severe MMA podcast. Well... Well, I am. You're not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's not the worst. Well, he's up there. You know, I just really love you guys. You're passionate. You follow your fighters to the end of the earth. Kind of like a Chris Eubank feeling, you know, in the... St- oh, it's, I was a great cricketer. You know that. Like, literally, that is how a conversation with Gareth A. Davies yeah. will go. Like, best throwback Thursday for the day that's in it. Throwback Tuesday. This time last year, myself and a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Dave Fogarty head to Stockholm for the UFC for his first day UFC event. Gareth A. Davies spent 15 minutes telling us how he was just like Conor McGregor because he has the same sort of aggression and desire because Gareth was a mean bastard to play against on the cricket pitch. He could be <laughs> a spin bowler, a cross bowler, and in-your-fucking-face bowler. Quote, actual quote from Gareth Davies. And also that he grew grapes in his paddock in his garden. Are you a fan of cricket? No. I, I used to it made no, football. like, none of that thing made any sense to me. But it was at 2 o'clock in the morning in a 7-Eleven. And Gareth Davies was telling me how he was identical to Conor McGregor. Because they're both Celts. I was like, oh, <laughs> best. Oh, yeah. As Welsh, is he not? No, well, he's English. like, But he's, I presume he's from Wales. Wales or something. Yeah, I don't know. Either but, way, a legend. I, I, on the uh, TV deal, a little birdie told me that, he, no, not inside information and all, but someone maybe connected, said <gasps> that they expected to go to Sky. So, <gasps> that's, you know. How sure are you? That's, that's, uh, it's not, that's an educated guess from that person, not an inside kind of thing, but, so I don't know. You're, uh, what, did you listen to a podcast from me from six months ago? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Excellent. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly think it's 50-50, to be honest. Although, I don't know. The chips are down. That, that fella's still there in the sky, like that leader of the their um, sports department who hates MMA. He's oh, still man. there. So We'll see what happens. But they've lost so much soccer and other stuff that he could. And with McGregor as well, it's that's a lot of, you know, they're brought in the, the hurling of football and stuff from Ireland. They're, they're making a big push into Ireland. And uh, McGregor is McGregor probably McGregor one of the biggest sports McGregor is involved in that push, I believe. Yep. Um, anyway, an hour and 36 minutes in the book, Sean. 38 Boom. minutes. Thank you very much. Uh, first podcast of the year. We're approaching our one year anniversary mm-hmm. of the Severe MMA podcast. You can send all birthday messages, any sort of like. 
presents or like e-cards or emails to 08792 yeah, oh, <laughs> again. What? That's the phone number of the podcast. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, but I like where you pull up my number as well. Every just time. Like. <laughs> yeah, just to do it. But uh, no, otherwise, uh, hopefully... The two weeks off, the week off wasn't too bad on all of you. You had a great Christmas. You're delighted to hear our voices again, even though the thought of that sounds somewhat silly to the two of us. We appreciate it nonetheless. 2016 is going to be brilliant. Hopefully we've kicked it off in the best way possible without insulting, offending or harming too many people, animal, women or children. Sean Sheehan, if you've got any uh, any closing festive messages you'd like to throw out there just just a happy new year to everyone thanks for all the clicks all the listens and last uh, year happy and happy uh, happy christmases we got on twitter as well and yeah, happy new years fair play you're so thanks everyone for legends. tuning in you're a great bunch of lads just you know spread the word give us an all tweet i i retweet everything so if you tweet me you'll get more followers people people love Sheehan nation will fucking back anyone who, who tweets my that's stuff. it so there are there are one man group a one man troop um, but if you want to get in touch with us there are other people aside from Sean Sheehan on Twitter uh, over the next week uh, well Anyone none worth following no. uh, at Andrew McGann underscore at Pizzi Carroll at Sever Emma at Sean Sheehan BA and of course follow our very own Twitter podcast account which passed 1000 followers in the last couple of weeks at Severe MMA Pod um, Sean I believe I hope I'm praying you have an inspirational quote to see I us certainly, out? I certainly do. I certainly do. Andrew, be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody. See you next week. <laughs>